Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. I'm glad you're here. If you're able to stand, our custom is to honor the word of the Lord. And we're going to go to Paul's writings in the book of Ephesians. Praise God. Paul writes in the sixth chapter to the book of of Ephesians to the church at Ephesus. I, I want to maybe give you a little note here that Paul's writing to the Christians in Ephesus. What does that mean? This is after the book of Acts. This is after the day of Pentecost. These are what some Bible scholars would call the Pauline epistles, which simply means an epistle is a written letter. So we pick up in chapter 6, Paul's writing to save folk like you and I. We happen to be the church of Temecula. This was in the church of Ephesus. And he tells them, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. It's an admonition from the apostle. Armor up. Get ready. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's not a physical battle. You can't see it. It's against principalities and powers. Rulers of, watch this, the darkness of this world. From that thought, I want to preach to you this morning on this. The church leaves the light on. The church leaves the light on. Heavenly Father... I pray that I would have been anointed once again to serve your people. That the words of heaven would flow through my voice. That we would open our ears, our hearts, our spirits and minds. That we would lean in to the holy of holies. Allow us to receive a word for us, God. That you would speak into our weak and speak into our minds and hearts. I pray that the scripture and the word, God, would break depression would break anxiety, would break worry, God, as I preach today. Let there be no distractions, God. I pray that every one of us would sit quietly and still in your presence. Let us not wander in and out, God. Let us focus. Let the word do what it does. I ask this in the name of Jesus. And if you receive it, would you shout back amen? Amen. Amen. Put your hands together one more time as you're seated. And you may be seated this morning. The church leaves the light on. We'll leave the light on for you was written by the Richards Group. It's a celebrated radio campaign for Motel 6 featuring the dry humor of Tom Bodette. Launched in 1986 and continued practically unchanged for 34 years. 
You may remember the commercial something like this. If you'll play for me. You're just squeezing into some of these skinny jeans. You know, everyone's wearing them. Rock stars, hipsters. Okay, where are you supposed to fit stuff? <sighs> I think I'll stick with something comfortable, like Motel 6, where you get a clean, comfortable, roomy room for the lowest price of any national chain. <sighs> Seriously, how do you button these? I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6 and Motel6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you. We'll leave the light on for you was their tagline. The ads and the commercials always ended that way. The last several words of the campaign. I think the purpose of the marketing gurus were to give the potential customers and current customers the impression that they are welcome. No matter what time you pulled into the parking lot, no matter what time you needed a good, clean, comfortable room, the light is going to be on for you. There is something to be said about light. I think people, by and large, are at times afraid of the dark. Now, I've never met anyone that was afraid of the light. I've met some people that are afraid of the dark. But the thing about light, light brings a sense of security. In fact, at the hardware stores, they sell something that they call security lights brings a sense of awareness, a sense of peace, that it illuminates that nothing can sneak up on me or come in. U.S. News reported this, and I quote, while most crimes take place during daylight hours, serious crimes are more commonplace at night. A study finds serious crimes like murder, sexual assault, robbery, and driving while impaired happen more often after 7 p.m., the darkness always seems a little more eerie and spooky. They say in news at times that crime, hey, they did this under the cover of darkness. They don't do it under the cover of the sun. They don't do it under the cover of high noon because when it's dark, it's a little more easier to move around and not to be detected. There is something about daylight. There's something about nighttime, something about security when the sun is up and something about less security or feeling when the sun goes down. I want to preach to you this morning about the church leaves the light on. The Bible calls Satan as the prince of the power of air. My opening scripture text says that there's rulers in darkness and wickedness in different places. There's something about the fight that we're in, something about fighting against darkness. We sing songs about pushing back the darkness. We sing songs about overcoming the darkness and the prince of the air. Someone once preached long before me that when you set your praises out and you shout, it shreds the air against the enemy. And so we shout out amen and hallelujah. What are we doing? We're putting our words into the atmosphere to shred against the power or the prince of the peace of the air because we understand where the church is, there is liberty. And where the church is, the church always wins. And where the church is, the church leaves lights on for people in a dark, desperate time in their life. Pauline epistles again, the second Corinthians, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Can I tell somebody here this morning or you're streaming online that the church always exposes the enemy? 
The church always exposes the sin. It sheds light on his evil doings and his schemes. Our opening scripture text says that we may know and have the armor of God, that we may understand the fiery darts, one writer said, and the wiles of the enemy or the devil. He is seeking like a roaming lion who he may devour. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, the Bible says that he has come to seek and to save that which was lost, but the enemy has come to destroy, my friend. Can I tell you, you never go wrong in the church. You are never outnumbered in the church. It is never a dark time time in your life when you're in the church. Why? Because the worship brings light to my soul. The preaching brings some new light to my soul and the possibilities. And if the church is going to leave the light on, there's a sense of welcoming every service that we gather here in Old Town Temecula. James, book of James, King James Version rather says, but you are chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, New King James Version, that you have proclaimed the praises of him. Watch this. Who have called you out of darkness. Someone shout darkness. Into his marvelous light. Someone shout light. There's an implication, there's a connotation, there's a parallel here that the things of this world and evil is dark and the things of the church and of the kingdom of God are of light. And one writer said, into his marvelous light. People don't go back into darkness. They come from darkness out of to light. And once you start walking in the light, then the enemy is forever dogging your footsteps and tracking with you to try to get you to turn back to darkness. And in a weak moment, if you're not careful, you could be like the children of Israel thinking, you know what? We had it better in Egypt. We had this. We had a routine. We had a system. There was a rhythm. We had garlics and leeks and onions and cucumbers, and they were in the midst of the promised land in Egypt, but they begin to think, maybe we had it better in Egypt, and in the context of my message, some of you can think, maybe I had it better out in the world. Maybe things were a little different when I was out in darkness, but can I tell you, precious people this morning, the devil will exploit that in your mind and in your spirit. He'll let you think about a good thing here and there, but not 98% of the depression and the chaos that the darkness of this world brings. Don't get caught up in a couple of good times when you were in Egypt. My friend, you are in a promised land. You came out of darkness into his marvelous light by the power and the by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, which now fills your body. So yes, we leave the light on for you. If you've never received the infilling of the gift of the Holy Spirit, that's God living inside of you. The book of Acts is chocked full of examples and scriptures of people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We are a spirit-filled church. When you say the word Pentecostal, or different types and forms of Pentecostal, but pretty much I think a generic common denominator would be that Pentecostal churches are spirit-filled. I think, yes, true statement. So if the church is spirit-filled and we are the church, that means the people that reside here, that call this, that linger here, and they need to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's that power. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, For ye shall receive power. after that the has come upon you. 
the power to walk holy and righteous, the power to walk with light in a dark world, the power to stand strong and to push back on the enemy and the devil. And it allows us to put on the whole armor of God so that we can move forward fighting as an offensive. We're not in the defense. We're not retreating. We're not backing up. We're not running and hiding. No, because the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Where did I get that from? I got that at the church. Why? Because they left the light on for me. They left the light on for my family. I came out of darkness into the marvelous light and God changed my marriage and he changed my family and he changed my trajectory and he changed my mind and he set my feet on solid ground. Thank God for the light. I didn't even think about it. I just got a revelation this morning. We now get more daylight because of daylight saving time. And all of you, those that are tired and drowsy because you lost an hour, listen to me. First wake up and then listen to me. I, I, I don't want to get on a little tangent and all that, but I, daylight saving time seems to be a hassle. I'd rather have more daylight. Why? Because it makes the days longer, the summer. The days progressively get longer in the summer naturally. And then you change it and you move it ahead. So maybe it gets dark tonight at 7.20, 7.30. Allows Brother Chavez more time to mow the lawn and make his wife happy and trim the rose bushes so he, he can go to bed at 9 o'clock when it gets dark. But there's something about long days and daylights that I think for the most part we like longer days, do we not? And then the sun sets and it becomes dark. Any given street in Southern California, you'll have street lights. Security lights, porch lights, Malibu ground lighting. Why? To illuminate the area around where you live. Maybe not because you're scared, but you just, it doesn't seem right when it's all dark. How many times have someone in our family been out or maybe we've had guests, we had hosted several guests last week for simply worship and they're younger than us. So obviously we go to bed and they're not even home yet. And my wife will tell me, oh, don't forget to leave the light on. It's a sense of welcoming. It's a sense of, hey, when you go to put your key in the door knob, you can kind of see the little keyholes. And so we, we leave the light on because we are expecting people to come back and take a nap and to go to sleep. As I think about the analogy of home and porch lights, I think about the church how the church is waiting for God's return and all that is going on in the world. And we know with Ukraine and Russia and what is it, Matthew 24, is it 26? And all these questions and you go back to prophecies and you, you kind of lean into the book of Revelation and say, hey, is God coming? Yes, without a doubt, God is coming. Without a doubt, God is coming. We've been preaching that since the beginning of time. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, or blemish, and even so much more as you see the day approaching. He says, do these things. Can I tell you, which is not even part of my message, that God is coming back, and you better get ready, and you better stay ready, because no man knows the day nor the hour. Is this World War III? Is this the apocalypse? Is this when things are going to be melted down, and the Bible talks about all this nuclear stuff that we conclude? I don't know exactly, but I just know each day peels off, and we're closer to the return of God, and so the church must leave the 
light on. There are people that don't know they're in darkness. There are people that don't know how to escape. There are people that were in Egypt that maybe wanted to go with the Israelites, but they couldn't go. This was their homeland. This was their family. This was their DNA. They grew up here. They were Egyptians, and they can't go with the church. But I want to tell you, thank God for Calvary. It tore down the veil, and everybody is welcome. Every nationality, every ethnicity, every mind, every spirit, every marriage, every person, you are welcome. You are included in the church. Why? Because the church leaves the light on for everyone. The Spirit of God has come to conquer and defeat the devil, the enemy, bringing light where darkness once abound. How many among us were in darkness? How many among us have been saved from darkness? And the Bible says we've been brought into his marvelous light, not just light, not just a light bulb, but a marvelous light. And sometimes if we're not careful, my friend, the devil, the devil will exploit it and it'll get you thinking about a few good times you had back in darkness. The Bible says that there's pleasure of for sin in a season. You see, seasons come and go. They stop and they start. They change. So, yes, there are, maybe you've had some good times in the world. If it wasn't good times, you wouldn't have done it. The Bible acknowledges that. But I just want you to be very careful as you negotiate your way forward in your walk with God that you don't think about two or three good times you had back in Egypt when 95, 94, 89% of it was heartache and frustration and anger and loneliness and depression and anxiety and oppression. And you think about it and the devil exploits that. That's why the writer said, to us put on the whole armor of God. It's a helmet. It's a breastplate. It's a sword. It's a shield that we may protect ourselves from the wild or the fiery darts of the enemy. And what are we doing? The shield is movable and the sword is where I become an offense and I'm marching into the enemy's territory with my sword. What is the sword? It's the word of God. I gotta know what the word of God says. I can't live for God without a sword. I can't live for God without a word. It's the light unto my feet, as one writer said, and a lamp unto my path. What is it? It's the word of God. The thing about a light says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You ever gone out at night, probably more so camping? And you're sleeping in a tent or something that doesn't have an enclosed bathroom. How many times have you got up and it's cold and you said, man, uh, where did I see those bathrooms? <laughs> I could probably make it. And you try to roll over and go to sleep. You wake up a little longer, man, there's no way. You get up. None of us would dare walk across the campsite with no flashlight or no lantern. Critters, snakes, lizards, cactuses, stones, ditches, potholes. And so we walk with a little lantern perhaps or a flashlight. What is it doing? It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Why? Because I don't want to step on something. I don't want to get bit by something. I don't want to trip on something. And then my family wakes up and I'm not in the tent, but I slept under a tree because I couldn't get up because I sprained my ankle because I was too proud to take a light. Now that's in the natural. That's how you camp. 
But in the spiritual, how many among us are trying to navigate and negotiate this life with no lamp to the path and no light to your feet? And you're trying to just aimlessly figure it out. What is right? What is good? What is God? What is happiness? What is salvation? What is a relationship? What is this? And you're wandering wandering around and there's no light in your life. That's what the church does. It brings light. It, it brings a light where there was darkness. It brings understanding where there was confusion. The word of the Lord is a sword, but it's a, a lamp, David said. It's a light, the writer said. And it's liberty and freedom from the shackles and the addiction and the bondage that we found ourselves in. You see, I think a light would represent illumination. Illumination would represent revelation. Revelation maybe would represent knowledge. And so when there's an illumination in my spirit or in my mind, I have an understanding. And the preached word of God brings revelation. That you understand how to get saved. Become saved. You, you understand how to stay saved. You understand how to be productive once you are saved. That's illumination. That's revelation that computes into knowledge. Spanish word to be saber, to know. Come on, I'm practicing for Easter with one word. I better come up with more than that come Easter Sunday. Saber, to know. To understand it's in my head, it's in my brain, it's in my thoughts. And so the preached word of God every Sunday that comes forth and, and the lessons that are brought to us in the midweek in our community groups is to bring light, to bring understanding, to bring revelation, to bring knowledge. Because I firmly believe that I'm pastoring a bunch of wonderful people that if we understand and we know what God wants or what God expects or what God is looking for us, Brother Tony, that I think we love God enough to say, yes, God, I can do that. I will do that. I will embrace that. I will live like that. I will lean into that. But it takes understanding, and the Word of God brings the light to that understanding. So that's why I'm preaching that. My message and my title is that the church leaves the light on. No matter where, listen to me, no matter where you are in your walk with God, you never get so smart, you never get so spiritual, you never get so holy that you don't need more light in your life. I need understanding, God. I'm dealing with things in the 21st century that Grandpa didn't even know existed. I'm dealing with things that I got to help people that I don't have an answer to. I'm saying, God, you said if any man lacketh wisdom, then let him ask thereof and you'll give wisdom. Dear Lord, how many times in my pastor have I prayed for wisdom that God would give me illumination of what to say or what to do in a situation that I don't have a human answer for. My friend, I go to the church. Why? Because the light on is in the light is on at the church and God's spirit is there and it brings illumination. Someone shout illumination. To your situation. And so the church lights the world one soul at a time. Understand this that the church never gets too big that it cannot light one soul at a time. In your case, the light, the illumination could be salvation, could be the new birth experience, could be baptism in the name of Jesus. 
In some cases, it could be walking through the valley of the shadow of death where I will fear no evil. In some cases, it could be reading a doctor's report from a lab. But you need illumination. You need understanding. You need revelation to work and to move through the next chapter of your life. So although I'm preaching about the church leaving the light on, it's not just for newcomers. It's not just for people that are living in darkness. No, it's much broader and deeper than that, my friend. It's for every one of you that are listening to me this morning in person or online. That every soul needs to be lit with the scripture and the power of the gospel. The story is told by my uncle many years ago. Maybe you've heard, but there's this man walking along the beach, enjoying his walk, and he's just, these starfish have washed up as the tide comes in, and he's walking along, and he's picking up the starfish, and he's just kind of slinging it back in the water. There's hundreds of them. He's just arbitrarily reaching down and picking up another one throwing it back in the water. And if you look back, there's a host that he couldn't get. There's just too many. And someone stopped and said, hey, sir, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just putting these starfish back in the ocean so they can swim and they don't die. He goes, well, that don't make a difference. Look how many are on the ground. Look how many you've left behind. And he picks up another one. He throws it in the water. And he goes, well, for that one, it did make a difference. My message to you this morning that you make a difference. You say, well, they got 300 people here. I don't matter. Yes, you do. Because I'm reaching down and I'm picking you up. And I'm throwing you back in the water where your nutrition. Starfish live in water, not on wet sand. And so the church never gets too big that you're not important. The church never gets too big that you don't need a light turned on. You never get too smart and too high and mighty that you don't need an illumination of a situation in your life that life, that life has brought you. And so for you, it matters, my friend. For me as a pastor, it matters. That you are where you are supposed to be on a Sunday and a midweek, whenever your community group is. That matters to me. Say, so well, the church is so big, they don't know. My friend, my soul knows. And if I want my eyes and my head to know, I just look at an attendance report. But I guess part of my message here is to compel you to understand that, yes, you are important and This church is a vital part of you and you are a vital part of this church. And it's a reciprocal relationship. It means it goes both ways and both parties bless each other. So don't ever let the enemy whisper in your ear that the church doesn't care, that the church, it doesn't matter, that nobody cares about you, that nobody's watching you, that you are on your own and nobody's praying for you. If you hear any words of condescending of that manner, Please know that I spoke that into your life today, that the devil is a liar. And the Bible says he's the father of lies. He manufactures them. And all the church has to do is come along with his lies of darkness and turn the switch on. 
Yes, God loves you. The devil's a liar. That's not true. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. What are we doing? We're turning lights on in every marriage, every heart, every soul, every financial, every doctor's report. We're turning light. Every week, we're turning lights on. I just want to know who's going to pay the electric bill. The Lord said, I got that covered. I paid that on Calvary. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. No weapon formed against me above this earth, on this earth, or below this earth shall conquer me, saith the word of the Lord. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Someone put your hands together in agreement and give him an offering of praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God, praise God, praise God. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. The ERV version reads like this. You will make them able to understand the truth. Watch me now. They will turn away from darkness to light. They will turn away from the power of Satan and they will turn to God. Then their sins can be forgiven. And they can be forgiven a place among God's people. Excuse me, they can be given a place among God's people. Those who have been made holy by believing. They will turn away from darkness to the light. That's you and I. They will turn away from the power of Satan and they will turn to God, you and I. So yes, the banner on the front door says the church always wins. Yes, the church leaves the lights on for you. Robert Louis Stevenson The author of the classic books like Treasure Island spent his childhood in Edinburgh, Scotland in the 19th century. As a boy, Robert was intrigued by the work of the old lamplighters who went about with a ladder and a torch setting the streetlights ablaze for the night. One evening, as young Robert was watching with a fascination, His parents asked him, Robert, what in the world are you looking out at there? With great excitement, he exclaimed, yelled back, look at that man. He's punching holes in darkness. What the church does on a daily and weekly basis, it's punching holes in darkness. Satan, the blood of Jesus, is against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. What shall we say to these things if God be for us? Who can be against us? 
I am persuaded that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Boom. 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 We are punching holes in darkness. The darkness of depression. The darkness of anxiety. The darkness of disappointment. The, doc- the darkness of internal and external scars. The darkness of self-worth or lack of self-worth, the darkness, anything that comes against your body, mind, soul, and spirit that's in a negative or condescending manner, I'm here to tell somebody that's of the enemy and it's from the battlefield of darkness. But what the church does every week is we punch holes in darkness. We're we're slaying dragons and giants and we're fighting spiritual warfare. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. My friend, that is another punch into the darkness. We're holding darkness at bay that it don't consume your marriage and it collapses or your mind and it collapses or your children and they collapse. What are we doing? It takes the church, my friend. Look at that man. He's punching holes in darkness. And what he was simply doing was lighting up the skies with the torch there. And he's called a lamplighter. I wonder how many lamplighters we have in the spirit in this house today that we will stand with the church and we will stand with people we love and we will light another lamp and we will light another candle and we will light another prayer and we will punch another hole in the darkness because people around us need to feel and understand the power of God. I'm preaching to some lamplighters this morning that says, hey, I've been earmarked for this purpose. Hey, I accept the challenge. Hey, I've been blood bought. Hey, my sins have been washed away and I'm punching holes in darkness in spiritual warfare in the name of Jesus. Can you stand with me this morning? And so as I conclude to a host of lamplighters, That somebody is depending on you. And at times you're depending on somebody else. And I'm telling you, that's the beauty of the church. You're not fighting alone. You're not pressing alone. You're not marching alone. You're not running alone. You're not conquering alone. You're not crawling alone. It's the church. And we're punching holes in darkness for you and your family and your mind and your health and your finances and your children and your loved ones. And we just keep punching and punching and punching. And with the help of God, we, someone shout we, we. become victorious together, shout together. The church is we and us. And sometimes, Sister Sharice, I might be lighting a lamp for someone. And honestly, sometimes I might need someone to light one for me. That's the beauty of the church. Most of the time, I'm a lamplighter. But every now and then, I need somebody to light a lamp for me. Every now and then, you need somebody to light a lamp for you. And we like to think we're big and bad and strong. And hey, I only light lamps. No, you don't. Sometimes yours isn't burning. Don't be naive. Don't be arrogant. Don't be prideful. 
so the church leaves the light on. Let me pray for us. As I pray, I'm going to ask if you just feel like, hey, pastor, I need someone to light. I want to be a light lamper today, but, a lot, but I just can't pull it off. I want to be a lamp lighter. And there'll be a host of people to help you to relight and ignite. Maybe you're a lamp lighter and you need a fresh bottle of oil to light some lamps in your life. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that the anointing God that is upon me will rest and descend upon your people that are streaming, that are in person. And together, God, as we punch holes in darkness, as we hold back the evil one, the prince of the air, the prince of darkness, that the church turns on the lights and leave lights on and it lights lamps throughout the community and the church. I pray that somebody's encouraged today, God, that somebody is reignited today. I pray that the spirit of God, Lord, that I feel upon me would descend upon every house and marriage, every guest and every viewer that's streaming today, Holy Ghost. Let a work be done in the supernatural, God. Pray that you'd unify us. The oil, God, of the ten virgins, let us be filled with the Spirit. Let us not grow dry and weary in well-doing in the end days and end times, God, but our lamps, our lights, would still shine in darkness, God, and push back the darkness and bring a sense of warmth and welcoming to our house and to our home and to our lives and to our church, God. Pray that it should anoint us. Let us move forward this week, God, together. Together, I ask this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. My friend, I want to open the altars to you. You need a touch from God. You need a fresh anointing. You need fresh oil in your lamp. The lamp lighter's in the house. Come on, together we punch holes in darkness. Together we hold darkness at bay, and together we welcome everybody to the home, the house of God. What do you think, my friend? Fresh touch? Fresh oil? Fresh fire? Come on, lamplighters. Come on, lamplighters. Help me punch holes in darkness. Come on, people of God. for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like, and share it with your friends and tag us on social media because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you and God bless.